Man, we were uh, singing uh, a song just before that one. And uh, man, just to set the scene, what a beautiful thing that we get to take part in. Uh, It truly is something that echoes in eternity. It says this, in the center around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings. And their wings were all, or were covered all over with eyes, inside and out, day after day, And night after night, they kept on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy. O Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. God, would we see you so clearly tonight? God, would we have a reverence of who you are? God, knowing that you are the one who sits on the throne and you created all things. God, you are worthy. God, you are holy. And you are worshiped day and night, night and day. because of who you are, like you are God. Mm. That's just who you are. And God, we join in as well. God, you are worthy. God, we are here to worship you. This is not about us. This is about you. God, you are worthy. You are holy. And we have come here today for you. Hmm. Would you be glorified? Man, I'm not sure how many of you guys have grown up uh, just in church culture, uh, but church culture is really funny. (laughs) It's like, uh, I'm sure it's like a, it's a different language to some where you're like, bro, I've never heard that before. And it's just like, it's Christianese, man. It's just, there's something about it. Um, But there, but there's something that, that is talked about uh, in church culture, and, and, and I really, we're talking about it tonight, but, but it's, it's, you've heard this phrase before if you've grown up anywhere around church, but it's don't, don't compromise your convictions. 
tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about convictions, why they're important. Uh, to some of you guys, y'all are probably like, what in the world are convictions? Uh, and <laughs> just know that like, you're not alone. Um, we're going to walk through this together. And man, I just believe that God wants to do something really special in our hearts, man. In, in light of who he is, I, I, man, I'm so baffled by the fact that we're just sitting here singing this song, like, man, holy is God, worthy is God. And as we're talking about convictions tonight, like, man, I, I don't want to just like punch you in the face and be like, yeah, honor your convictions. Like, but, but there's something beautiful about this idea where it's like, man, when we choose to honor God with our life, we are partaking in the same way that we were just singing, like holy and worthy is God, through our actions, we get to in the same way declare like worthy and holy is God. And, and, I, and so I think in light of that, I hope this gives clarity to why it's important to live a life worthy of the calling that God has placed on your life. Because we come in here and we sing these songs, but, but man, do we also have an understanding that our lives are singing a song? What, what, what song has your life sang? Uh, man, this is wild. This is like so good. Uh, man, praise the Lord. This is so good. Can I say like, man, I am, a, I, in the same way I'm sitting up here like talking about this, I'm like, man, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Because there's been, there's been time, like my life is a living testimony of my continued failure and God's continued grace and mercy. But man, I don't want my life to just be <laughs> nothing for the Lord. Like I just desire my life to be a sacrifice to the Lord. And man, I hope that tonight, that that would be something that we can walk away with together collectively and say like, God, you're worthy and our lives will declare it. Conviction, here's a statement. It's a belief that something is God-ordered. Um, now, now, so let me give a little bit of perspective on like <laughs> really what this means. I don't know. I think we all kind of have these things like we have black and white, like scripture speaks. And, and so like there's things in scripture that it's like, yeah, we don't get an opinion on that. Like what God says is like God ordained and that's just where we're at. We're like, okay, like Lord, we submit under that. But then there's some things that God will lay on our hearts specifically that God is like, hey, this is what I want you to do. Um, and, and in the same way, he might, in the same way, like speak to somebody sitting next to you and, and he might tell that person something completely different. And, and so it's a, it's a weird area, but, but here, let me kind of like share a little bit of my story. Uh, I, I have a conviction and, and it's really funny because this conviction has like changed. Like it is the weirdest thing, but, but it's a conviction on my heart to like not listen to music, like secular music. Uh, this is just something for me. I'm not going to condemn you if you do. You know why? Because this is a conviction that the Lord placed on my heart. And so I'm not going to sit here and be like, shame, like shame on y'all for listening to Taylor Swift. Uh, like, trust me, I'm not going to do that. Although I have my own opinions on Taylor Swift. Uh, but yeah, I've watched too many TikTok videos, right? Uh, but that'll do it. Uh, but but there's, there's convictions. Like we, we see convictions where it's like, maybe you have a conviction um, to not... Okay, so let me, let me share. So Adam, like, do we all know the original sin? Like where, where Adam and Eve ate the fruit? Uh, see, there's, there's, I always wondered, I was like, man, like, Adam, you knew that you should not eat of this fruit, of this tree. Why didn't you, 
with given all ability to be able to like live and walk on the earth and multiply and be fruitful, like why, why didn't he just create a wall around the tree? Right, like I think there's some things in life where we, we're just like, ah, oh, dude, like I'm not even going close to that, right? Like we have these convictions where it's like, yeah, that's, I've just, to me, like the Lord has told me like, man, I shouldn't even go. So hear me out. If you struggle with alcohol, let me encourage you, like don't spend time at the bars. Like that's just probably not the best place for you. I, I don't struggle with alcohol, but my conviction is like, man, I really don't want to go out to the bar scene. Like, that's just not where I feel like I should be at currently in, this, in today's age. And, and so, there, so we're going to walk through a story, actually. And, and there's uh, somebody in scripture that we're going to look at. And, and this actually, like, blew my mind because I've read this scripture, like, many times. But it's in 1 Kings chapter 13. And as you're turning there, we're, we're going to be there basically the majority of the night. But this hopefully will all kind of make sense to you guys. So l- let, me, let me say this before we even get started and go farther than we have. Just because others don't have the same conviction about specific things doesn't mean that God isn't serious about what he has specifically told you. So like, hear me out. Like, all I know is because God has told me like, hey, don't listen to secular music. All I know is like, I'm gonna have to stand before God one day and answer to that. If he has not told you that today, shout out to it. Like, but, but all I know is like, I'm going to be the one that's standing before the Lord because the Lord told me this specific thing. And I just believe that God has all like spoken and, and really has given us a grace to be able to walk in every aspect of our lives. And maybe it looks a little bit different than other people, but, but all I'm saying is like, man, take serious the things that God is encouraging and challenging you to do. Like your conviction, just because you might be able, I could look at a friend and be like, well, they don't have that conviction. No, I still need to take that conviction very seriously because God has taken the time to, told, like, to tell me this. Um, okay, so First Kings chapter 13. Okay, so I'm gonna start reading and then we'll talk about it. It says, at the Lord's command, a man, from, a man of God from Judah went to Bethel arrive dude this is in california just so you know um like bethel church is dope but this just so that like all of it like i love bethel wanted to go there uh but so just <laughs> just had to say that um dude i love the worship praise god right uh we sing their songs but uh a man of god from judah went to bethel arriving there just as jeroboam was approaching the altar to burn incense then at the lord's command he shouted oh altar altar this is what the lord says a child named Josiah will be born into the dynasty of David. On you, he will sacrifice the priests from the pagan shrines who come here to burn incense. And human bones will be burned on you. That same day, the man of God gave a sign to prove his message. He said, the Lord has promised to give this sign. This altar will split apart and its ashes will be poured out on the ground. And when King Jeroboam heard the man of God speaking against the altar of Bethel, he pointed at him and shouted, seize that man. But instantly the king's hand became paralyzed in that position. Other, other, I was reading a different version this morning and it said like his hand shriveled, it shrinked, like just wild. Um, but, as he, but instantly the, the king's hand became paralyzed in that position and he couldn't pull it back. At the same time, a wide crack appeared in the altar and the ashes poured out just as the man of God predicted in his message from the Lord. The king cried out, 
to the man of God, please ask the Lord, your God, to restore my hand again. So the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and could move. And again, isn't that, well, can I just say like, dude, this is wild. This prophet, first off, if somebody's like, seize that man, kill that man, like this man just prayed for that guy. Uh, just a little side statement, but I'm like, how cool. Like I, that is, that's a, that's a, this is a, a God-fearing man right here. Um, he ain't worried about this man. Um, so the man of God prayed to the Lord and the king's hand was restored and could move again. Then the king said to the man of God, come to the palace with me and have something to eat and I will give you a gift. But the man of God said to the king, even if you gave me half of everything that you owned, I would not go with you. I would not eat or drink anything in that place. For the Lord gave me this command. You must not eat or drink anything while you were there and do not return to Judah by the same way that you came. Okay, so do we, we see this moment, right? So the, this prophet, we don't really know much. Like you could read previous chapters and you might get a little bit of backstory on who this man is, who Jeroboam is. And I encourage you, like when we have like services on Sunday nights, my encouragement, please go back to the word of God. Um, man, the word of God speaks to us. Like this is not like, oh, like Curtis is ultra wise. Like this isn't, that's not it. Like I, I just, I'm trying to hopefully be able to bring you to something that the Lord's been doing in my own heart. I don't have all the answers, um, but, but I encourage you like go back, allow the Holy Spirit to be able to speak to your heart as you read. Um, and you'll get a lot more context than just what we have the ability to do up here. Um, and so what's crazy, uh, for the Lord gave me this command. In the same way, like I'm talking about the, the same thing. And like, I'm sure all of you guys can think about, maybe you're sitting in here and you're like, yo, I have this, I have a conviction. Like maybe it's a similar one. Maybe it's not, but, but maybe you have a conviction where you're like, yo, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch alcohol or I'm not going to stay up past 10 o'clock. Like we, I'm not determining what that conviction is for you, but all I'm saying is like, man, you need to, you need to listen to what the Lord has told you. Um, and so he had this same experience. This prophet had this experience with the Lord. The Lord told him, Hey, when you go and visit this place, do not eat or drink anything. And what's, and what's crazy is he was like, hey, and also the way that you came, you need to leave a different direction. Really wild. I don't know why. I don't understand that. But the Lord commanded. So we see that. So he left Bethel and went home another way. All right, he was honoring the Lord. As it happened, there was an old prophet living in Bethel. And his sons came home and told him what the man of God had done in Bethel that day. They also told their father what the man had said to the king. The old prophet asked him, which way did he go? (laughs) So they showed their father which road the man of God had taken. And then the father says, quick, saddle the donkey. So they saddled the donkey for him and he mounted it. And then he rode after the man of God and found him sitting under a great tree. The old prophet asked him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? Yes, I am, he replied. And then he said to the man of God, come home with me and eat some food. Again, the prophet says, no, I cannot. I am not allowed to eat or drink anything here from this place or in this place. For the Lord gave me this command. How cool. He knows his conviction, right? Like he's like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm not willing to waver. I, I think how many times can we look at different things that the Lord has told us <laughs> then we go and hang out with a different friend group and maybe you're unbelievers and you're like instantly doing the thing that the Lord told you not to do. And you're like, oh man, like, right? Um, 
I, I think we can all say like, man, been there. Or may, maybe it's not a specific conviction, but like you leave here and then you go back to doing the same thing that you were doing before you came in and you know that it's dishonoring of the Lord. This prophet, I think what's really cool is like, man, he knew what God said and he said, I'm not gonna waver. It's not what happens. But the old prophet answered, I am a prophet too, just as you are. And an angel gave me this command from the Lord. Bring him home with you so that he can have something to eat and drink. But the old man was lying to him. So they went back together and the man of God ate and drank at the prophet's home. And while they were sitting at the table, a command from the Lord came to the old prophet who just deceived this guy. And he cried out to the man of God from Judah, this is what the Lord says, you have defiled the word of the Lord and have disobeyed the command the Lord your God gave you. You came back to this place and ate and drank where he told you not to eat or drink. Because of this, your body will not be buried in the grave of your ancestors. After the man, (laughs) how wild, bro. Gosh, people are really not looking out for our best interests. Can I say that? Like, man, like y'all have to have your own relationship with the Lord. Like I, I can't, like I can't honor God for you. And let me tell you, your parents can't honor God for you as well. Like you have to make a decision in your heart. Like, who am I gonna stand for? Like, will I choose to honor God today? Even though I might be able to satisfy my flesh in this instant gratification right here. Even though there's a wise man who was a prophet as well, who's saying, hey, come back, do this. Like I heard from God. Dude, if you don't, if you don't have a firm foundation in the Lord, if you don't spend enough time with the Lord, like, how easy is it going to be to be able to deceive you? Let me tell you, like, I, I hope, like, I'm going to have to stand, like, in front of God one day. Like, I pray that I don't deceive you. But, but the reality of it is I'm human. So that's why you need to go and read the word. Like, you need to spend time with the Lord. Man, not everybody has your best interest. But God does. Don't waver. He cares about your life. I don't know why he says specific things to specific people. I have no idea. But isn't it crazy that in Revelation, when we were just reading about the idea that, man, the the angels are sitting there worshiping the Lord on his throne day and night, night and day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Like that God speaks to us individually. I don't understand. It's so hard for my mind to grasp that. But man, he cares about our life, the details of our life. Like Jeff Wells got up and talked about the idea that man, nothing that we walk through, like doesn't go through God's hands. Like he, he, either, he either ordains it or he allows it. And I think just to talk about the significance of that is like we have a God who didn't just create like the, the end of that passage in Revelation. It's like you created these things, like you created all things. But he's the God who cares about every detail of our life. He has a better plan for our lives. 
I can't outthink the Lord in this. Like, I can't just be like, you know, God, like, I don't think you thought this through. Like, you can't do that. Like, this is the one who created all things. And scripture says he's had more thoughts about you than there is to outnumber the sand on the seashore. Like, that's just insane. And then he gives us like specific things in our life where he's just like, hey, like this, this is going to mean a lot to you. You should do this. Personal? Okay, like God's in your details. Like he's there. He's the one who's looking out for your best interest when nobody else can sufficiently. He can. Gosh, that's so wild. Dude, I'd be so crushed like by a mentor coming up to me and having a prophetic word and a deceiving word. Because I think part of me is like gullible enough to be like, ah, dude's wise, he's old, like I could listen to him. Bro, like golly. That's why you need to go back to the Lord. Like, please, if there's something that I can encourage you with tonight, like, please just sit with him. Allow him to speak into your situation before you do things. Allow him to speak into your dating relationship. Like, God might even tell you that ain't the relationship for you. Because he sees, he's the God who sees. He knows what's best. Don't go there. Don't eat this. Don't drink from here. Leave a different way. I have no idea why. But he cares. He sees what we don't see. God, uh, so after the man of God finished eating and drinking, the old prophet saddled his own donkey for him and the man of God started off again. But as he was traveling along, a lion came out and killed him. His body laid there in the road and with a donkey and the lion standing beside it, People who passed by saw the body lying in the road and the lion standing beside it. And they went and reported it in Bethel. When the old prophet, where the old prophet lived, when the prophet heard the report, he said, it is the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. Like goodness. Like this, this God that we come in here to worship has the ability to strike us down at any moment. Like his presence is an all-consuming fire. Like I, I was reading Exodus 14 this week and, and the Israelites are backed up against the Red Sea and you know what God said? Like I'm going to make myself known among all nations in the way that I... Uh, interact with the Egyptians, wipe out their armies. For his glory, like that, that God in one moment has the ability to be like, yep, let's struck down, deserves death. And that's true. Like that's what we read in scripture. Scripture says uh, for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And in Romans chapter six, it says, man, the wages of sin is death. Like we could cut it dry. Like I'm not just talking about like a blanket, like, hey, here's one sin. Like look at the commandments. 
We all deserve death, and this is a holy God. Holy, holy, holy. And he cares about our life. And what's crazy is how many times have we disobeyed him and he's still given us breath? Is that not a loving God? Man, he still cares about our life. He still cares. He still has a plan. You can't can't outsend the sovereign will of God for your life. You can't. I love it. It says, the man of God, who it, it's so crazy. Imagine this being like what's said about you. It's the man of God who disobeyed the Lord's command. The Lord had fulfilled his word by causing the lion to attack him and kill him. Then the prophet said to his son, saddle your donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey and he went out and found the body laying in the road. The donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it. For the, isn't this wild? The, the lion and the donkey are just casually standing there like, bro, golly, Lord. The, the, lion, the donkey and the lion were still standing there beside it. For the lion had not eaten the body nor attacked the donkey. So the prophet laid the body of the man of God on the donkey and took it back to the town to mourn over him and bury him. He laid the body in his own grave, crying out in grief. This man... This man who plotted against this man. But, but this is a whole nother story. That's a whole nother message. My God. Uh, afterward, the prophet said to his sons, when I die, bury me in the grave where this man got buried. Uh, the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones for the message that the Lord told him to proclaim against the altar in Bethel and against the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria will certainly come true. God still had a plan. God still used this man in the midst of his disobedience. God wants to use you as well today. But let me encourage you with this. Your obedience will be your safety net. If there's one thing that we can read about in scripture, (laughs) we know in our day-to-day life is like, you know, there's one place that I really don't want to be in that's outside of the will of God. Because I don't have blessing there. I don't have a safety net there. There's no covering for me outside of God's will. And so if there's one thing that I can encourage you, it's like, man, your obedience will be your safety net. Go where God has called you to go. Don't go where God has not told you to go because then you'll be on your own. And then two, your disobedience will be your downfall. If you're taking notes, write it down. It's simple. Read scripture. Like read the Bible. We can talk about this after. I mean, I want to give you scripture. Like, I, I want to encourage you, but there's good news. Like, I, I, man, what a wild message. Like, what a, what a wild message. You know where I think this all stems from? You know where I think our, our disobedience stems from? There's, there's two things, but I, I want to mention one tonight. We don't fear God. We don't. We, we fear man. We don't have a full understanding of who God is. Therefore, we decide to make our own decisions. We decide that we want our plan more than we want God's plan because we don't have right perspective of who he truly is. God can shift that in your heart tonight if you allow him to. If you actually submit to him and say like, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life God, would you help me see you clearly? 
Like God will, like he's a good God. Like he wants you to know him. I look at my own inefficiencies. And, and you know why I sin a lot? It's because I think that there's satisfaction in other places. Like there's, there's genuine satisfaction outside of Christ. And I'm like, ah, it's more instant. I'll just go there. So one, it's not fully, uh, it just stems back. Like we just don't know God. We just don't know God. Proverbs 1 says, the, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Now, I want to read this in Proverbs chapter 1, 24 through 33. It says, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction that I offered. So I will laugh at you when you're in trouble. This is wisdom speaking. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me for they hated knowledge and chose to not fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention. Then I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit living in their own ways. You see, we have a God who gives us to the desires of our heart. Like, it, it's really wild. Like, I, this, is, this is something that I actually like pray against on a daily basis where I'm like, Lord, like, please don't give me. Like, do not give me away to things that my flesh desires. Like, Lord, would you, would you keep me near to your heart? Like, God, would you continue to convict me? When I, when I turn a direction that I shouldn't be going. Because you know what we also find in scripture is like God only disciplines those who he loves. Like, man, like you're not, like God doesn't want to just punish you. Like that's not who he is. Like he loves you. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't send Jesus. But he loves you. And he knows our inefficiencies. And it says, while we were still enemies, like Christ died for us. And so like, this is so crazy because all that holy God who has the ability to just, the holiness can't be in his presence. He could strike us down. Like that holy God who is gonna continue to be worshiped whether or not I worship him. If I'm disobedient, he'll still raise up rocks to do the things that my hands could do. Like he will be praised for all eternity. All of heaven casts their crowns at his feet because he's worthy and he's a holy God. And he sees and cares deeply for us. Like, man, he just wants you to know him. And you don't have to know him as some like authoritarian who's just going to strike you dead. Although he can, it just is really wild. He can, he really can, but man, he loves you. It's like John three sixteen. for God. So loved the world. God so loved you and does love you. You can't out sin the grace of God. 
Like Romans 6, like Paul's sitting in and he's like, ah, although grace continues to abound, should we continue to sin so that grace abounds all the more? And he's like, no, 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 no. Um, but then in Romans 7, you see like his internal struggle where he's like, God, I still struggle to do the things that I, 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 I desire to do. Like, God, I, I want to honor you in every area, but God, I know that sometimes I don't. And then in Romans 8, 1, it says, but there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like this is that God. And so my encouragement to you tonight is, is if you don't have an active relationship with Jesus, man, make it tonight. Like take tonight and be like, man, I'm in. Like Jesus, I received the free gift of salvation. Like I'm choosing to turn to you, God. I wanna submit my life into the hands of the one who created me. Like I wanna submit my life to the one who has thought about every possible route and, and destination that I could possibly end up at. Like, man, like I wanna submit my life to him. Like there's no better place to be than in the will of God. Like, man, he just cares about your life. Outside of, outside of his covering, there is no safety, but man, God wants to be that covering for you. Your story doesn't have to be the same of this prophet. <laughs> it was said, like, there's the man who, who disobeyed the Lord. Like, man, like, if we know God and then start to develop a love relationship with him, then you know what's going to be our actions? God honoring. It will just be God honoring. And when it's not, we have an active loving relationship that we don't have to fear, like, oh, like, what if he finds out about this? It's like we get to approach the throne of grace. Like, because he longs for us to come to him as a good, loving father and not just someone where we just like cowered down. Like, he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us so that we can come to him. He came to us so that we can go to him. Like, that's what God desires for your life. He doesn't want you to live in fear here on earth. He wants you to, to live in, in a full understanding of who he is. Like, if you fear God, you won't have fear here. You won't be, you'll be unoffendable. Like you'll be able to step out and not have to worry about the results because let me tell you, the results aren't for us to worry about because we have a God who goes before us. He's the only one who can, who can stop the storms in the sea. He's the only one that can reach your parents. He's the only one. And he, he cares about your parents more than you do. And so man, that's the God who I wanna submit myself under and say, God, you know how to reach my father. I'm done trying to figure this out on my own. Like God, would you be that person? Like that's the God, like this is who God is. And so in, in light of who we know God to be and who he can and has been throughout all eternity, we can come alongside and worship him. And let me just encourage you, if you've never like genuinely made him Lord of your life, that's where worship will start for you tonight. That's where worship will start tonight. And so we're, we're going to go into a time of communion. Yeah, Dylan, if you don't mind coming back up here, we're going to worship, but we're going to step into a time of communion. And before we step into this, like, I just, I just want to, like, to pause and, and talk about, like, what, what is communion? Like, because there, there's some, some very significant truth in the midst of what communion is. And I, I'm going to read in Luke chapter 22. Uh, it says in verse 19, or actually I'm going to read a little bit earlier. It says, then he took a cup of wine in verse 17. Well, let me read before that. Uh, 
Jesus said, I've been very eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins, for I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until its meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. Then he said, take this and share it among yourselves, for I will not drink wine until the kingdom of God has come. Then he took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. And he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Like, man, we get an opportunity to like remember what God has done on that cross for us. And, and, and I know that, again, there's probably so many of you guys who are sitting in here and like, dude, we're talking about conviction. And you're probably like me where you're like, dude, I've failed too many times. I've done the things that I wish I didn't do. And I didn't do the things that I should have. And you're probably feeling shame and guilt and condemnation where you're like, man, like, I, I don't know how I'm supposed to get past this. But let me just encourage you is just like lay it at the feet of Jesus. Like lay that at the feet of Jesus. Like when we see him rightly, like, man, can I, can I say like this week has been one of the most heavy weeks for me in a long time. Like I, I thought I was healed from a lot of things. And as I'm sitting at a night of worship on Tuesday, the Lord was like, hey, it's actually time. Like let's, let's address like the deepest hurts. Like, let's, let's address the things that you wanted to gloss over. And, and let me just be honest, like, I, I, I thought I was past it. Like, I was just like, man, like, I was so excited to be past it. I was like, man, God, I'm healed. Like, I'll go. And the Lord's like, man, that's not what I want for you. Like, I want you to actually be healed. Like, I want you to actually be, like, made whole. And, like, he's the only one who knows how to put our heart back together. And so the areas where we've lost, like where we've given our heart away to maybe it's relationships or maybe it's just sin in general. And we've just been like, man, like we're gonna take sin. Like God wants to heal that place in your heart. Like he wants to make you whole. Like he is the only source of true satisfaction. And let me tell you, like God doesn't want you limping around for the rest of your life. Like, man, God wants you restored today. And let me tell you, it's hard. Cause you know what I had to do? I called my campus pastor, like my old campus pastor. And then we got lunch the next day. And I'm over here like just confessing things that I've already confessed to him, and, but with more detail. And I'm like, golly, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to readdress these things. Like this is an active struggle. And the Lord's like, obviously it is because you're still hidden. Like, man, don't, don't settle for hiding. Like, don't settle for just like, ah, like we gloss over the things. Like, no, God, God wants you to know him fully and to be known fully. And so there's, there's communion on the sides of the stage and in the back of the room. And so this is for believers. Like if you haven't, if you haven't, and, and even for those who are like believers in here, this is probably, dude, they're going to watch this message back, aren't they? No, <laughs> uh, but, but there's a place in my heart where I'm like, man, don't, don't take communion lightly. Like scripture says also, like, like you're drinking judgment upon your head. If like, you're not, if this, if you're not like wholly like surrendered your life to the Lord and, and not that you can't be struggling, but if you don't fully understand what you're doing, then just don't, don't drink judgment upon your head. 
but take this as a remembrance of saying like, God, like I know what you did on that cross for me. And like, God, I wanna submit myself to that. Like, I, I wanna submit under that. Like, remember who you are, what you've done. Like you've called me by name, but like, man, align your heart with his. Like if your heart's not submitted to him, then my encouragement before you even take communion is just submit your heart to him and then go take it. So that's, that's all I'm saying. It's like, I'm not, I don't wanna be the guy who's just like, don't take it. But, but all I'm saying is don't take it lightly. Jesus didn't take us lightly. He was crucified for my sin, for the sin that I keep on committing. He was crucified for that. Man, it kills me, kills me. But God wants us to remember daily. It's, it's, it's I love it. Uh, John got up this morning in the pavilion. He's like, ah, it doesn't say how often to do it, but do it often. Like we just, we do this often. We remember what God has done. And then we get to submit under him joyfully because we know that we could not do what he did for us. We get relationship with the Lord, not because we earned it, but because we have a God who loves us so much that he came to die on that cross for our sin. And so just where you're at, like you don't have to get up and rush to go get communion, but, but let me just encourage you, examine your heart, examine your heart. And when you're out of place to do that, praise God. And if you're not, praise God, take, it, take one to go. Go sit with the Lord. <laughs> Bro, we ain't even a gatekeep the communion. Like, God, this is God's body. Like, um, but, but I'll pray. God, we, we love you. Um, <laughs> God, we remember who you are. Um, <laughs> and God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for loving us, Lord. Uh, oftentimes we feel unlovable. But you so loved us. And so God, we remember what you've done on that cross. God, that you broke your body for us. God, that our sins were nailed to you. Lord, that, that you were bearing all of the sins that we would commit past, present, and future. Lord, when you went to that cross, Lord, you thought of us. And scripture says that you've casted our sins as far as the east is to the west. And so God, I just pray for anybody carrying the burden of their sin tonight, Lord, that they would remember the fact that, that you're not gonna die again. Lord, that you already took our sins to that cross. And so for any shame in this room, Lord, we rebuke it. We thank you, Lord, that your, your word is better, that you went to that cross, Lord. That is the finished work. He said to Talestai, for it is finished. And God, would that just speak to our hearts tonight that we would have a full understanding of what you did on that cross, Lord, was not just for yesterday, God, but for today. We honor you, Lord. We worship you. Your blood was spilled out, Lord. God, I pray that our lives would be a worthy and living sacrifice for you, Lord. May we just submit under you tonight.